That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 262 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming to you from beautiful Sandusky, Ohio. Well, it is today, anyway. Nice weather. They just put down a new surface of blacktop on the street that runs into my neighborhood, so that's nice as well. Uh, we're going to be jumping in to talk about round 10, the first of the Sir Douglas Nichols rounds. And in a little while, I'm going to be joined again by my mate Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv, and we will be talking about his tips for the week, as well as uh, mine. And I have a feeling mine are going to be a little bit different from his. Now, ladies and gents, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club getting a shout-out during an upcoming episode, make sure you drop me a note at one of my socials, uh, Yank on the Footy Podcast over on uh, Facebook, a Yank on the Footy on Instagram, at Yank underscore on on Twitter, or you can reach me, Craig Wessels, on LinkedIn or Facebook, or you can reach me by email at a Yank on the Footy at gmail.com or over at my website, a Yank on the Footy.com. I love being able to highlight the local clubs. I love learning about the the structure of the game throughout the country and just seeing how it is really the fiber that, that holds the game together. And without it, there is no AFL, there's no Sandful, there's no Waffle, there's no, you know, Northern Territory. There's no leagues anywhere in the country without local footy. It's absolutely vital. And today's club of the episode are the Tumbarumba Kangaroos of the Upper Murray Football League. Now, this club was formed back in 1969 in the heart of rugby league territory. So, I mean, that, that, that right there is just, you know, basically saying, you know, we're, we're getting into it. We've got a great game here. We're going to take it to the belly of the, the uh, belly of the beast isn't the right term, but, you know, the where we have to stake our claim. That sounds better. And uh, this week, you know, the, you know, the club's footies and netball teams are traveling to Kajiwa to face off against the Blues. And one week from this Saturday, the 27th of May, the club is hosting their Minute to Win It night at the golf club. And teams can have up to 10 members, and this costs $10 costs $10 per person, and you can check out their Facebook page, which I'll link to on the website um, if you want to get involved with that. Now, last round, the seniors, the reserves, and the mixed 14U squads all defeated Koryong, with, including the seniors winning 92-38. to 38. And after the games were played, their hosts, uh, Koryong, held something I've never seen mentioned before. Uh, they held ferret races in the club rooms. Now, I've, I've seen video of dog races. I know that horse races happen. I'm allergic to horses, so I don't get around them too often. I've even seen goldfish and turtle races. But ferret racing, that's a new one on me. Uh, I hope everybody that wanted to adopt a ferret got their ferret uh, and are enjoying their new pet. Now, full disclosure, when I was in the United States Navy back in the early, 19, early to mid-1980s, I had a roommate who had a pet ferret. Well, again... I was a young person at this time. Uh, I left the Navy uh, when I was 23 years, almost 23 years old. Um, this didn't end well for anybody, not for myself, not for my roommate, not for the ferret. I was bit one too many times by the ferret. We had a no pet policy in the apartment we were renting and he brought this ferret in anyway. Um, the ferret bit me many times. Uh, was chewing up the bottoms of the doors in the rooms and 
as well as everything else. Uh, it didn't end well. That's all I'm going to say about it. But uh, no, I don't have any ferret recipes, okay? Don't worry about that. But I do want to wish the kangaroos the absolute best of luck the rest of the way in 2023. And I hope that uh, no ferrets were harmed in any of these races. So let's go ahead and jump into my tips for this round. Uh, I went six and three this past round. And um, it was a it was a tough round. Of course, you know, the cats lost. I'm, I'm always disappointed when that happens. Uh, Richmond outplayed them. They completely outplayed them. Uh, that was a push on Dusty Martin, though. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Heck, Ray Chamberlain even said it the other day on the radio. Um, but, you know, I lost with, with uh, Geelong, with Sydney, and with Carlton. Now, um, we're going to be tipping each of these games again, and, and we might see some of these names pop up here again in just a moment. Now, I I do want to send out my best wishes to... Uh, it just It's just painful for me to talk about it, but uh, I want to send out my best wishes and a speedy recovery to Ollie Henry. Uh, for those of you who don't know uh, or haven't heard, um, Ollie Henry suffered. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead and cringe with me as I'm saying this. A ruptured testicle. Okay, I'll give everybody a couple seconds to squirm. Okay, that's enough. Uh, in the matchup with Richmond last week, and I have to be honest with you, when I heard about it, and I've, I've heard it happen a, a couple of other times uh, in sports in the past, but it reminded me a little bit of World War II, specifically the siege or the Battle of Bastogne, where in uh, during the uh, the Battle of the Bulge, the city of Bastogne was surrounded. The U.S. military, U.S. Army was there, surrounded by German troops. Uh, General McAuliffe was uh, was leading the, the forces in Bastogne. Uh, if you've seen the the miniseries Band of Brothers, they referenced this situation. Uh, I also posted a, a little video clip on the uh, on Twitter from the film The Battle of the Bulge about this, because the Germans came and said we you know we we would like to have your surrender and we promise no harm will come to you. Well, that wasn't always the case with the Germans. Um, to which General McAuliffe replied to them one word: nuts. Yeah, so. When I heard about this injury, it automatically, my, my history brain automatically took me to World War II and to General McAuliffe. And again, Ollie, I do hope you heal up quickly. Uh, it just does not f sound really, really good. Now, I'm hoping to jump into a couple of other topics. And of course, you know, the big one, um, you know, Alistair Clarkson stepping away from the ruse uh, yesterday uh, to focus on his physical and mental well being. Uh, I think the weight of, you know, trying to turn the club around and dealing with everything that's still happening from the uh, the investigation going on with Hawthorne is weighing on him. And I and I, I wish him well. I hope that the results come out of this investigation come out accurate and we find out what has happened and what's transpired and that, that everyone is uh, satisfied with the results of the investigation. Okay, I don't know everything that's going to be going on with this. I, I don't know every component of this. I, it's not my place to speculate about all of it, okay? So, uh, and also, yeah, we have the the uh, the Tasmania Stadium issue now, which seems to be up in the air, and you know, makes me wonder: would it be would they be better served by simply renovating, say, Bluntstone? I, I I don't know the answer to that. I've not been to Tasmania before. 
you know, some of you may be shaking your head right now saying you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. Get in line. Plenty of people tell me that. Uh, but I, I just, I just don't know if it's, you know, going to be the, uh, the economic windfall that, 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 folks are hoping that it's going to be because sometimes stadiums can do that but quite often maybe they don't now if it's going to be a multi-purpose or multi-use stadium and they're going to be doing a lot of things with it if they're incorporating you know housing and others and other things into it maybe it's going to work but there have been lots of instances where where stadiums have been built uh and it has not revitalized the economy i know that this was a uh a huge issue in chicago about 30 years ago when the chicago white Sox were trying to build a new stadium and the owner of the team, Jerry Reinsdorf, who also owned the Chicago Bulls, was really wanting the city of Chicago to pay for the construction of this new stadium where he was going to reap the benefits from it through concessions and ticket sales and things like that. So basically, you know, it was a, a multi-billionaire wanting the city to build kind of, I guess you could say, a new playground for him. And this is what, in many cases, many of the owners in professional sports end up doing. Not all of them, but many of them end up doing that sort of thing. Um, you know, right now there's a push, you know, for the, you know, the Cleveland Browns to build a new stadium in Cleveland. I mean, the, the Browns just came back into the league in 1999. They built a new stadium that opened in 1999. That's what, 24 years ago. And now they're basically saying it's outdated. It was put up too quickly. It's in poor condition. And they want to build a new stadium with, I believe, a dome on it or a retractable roof, if something like that, for the Cleveland Browns and hopefully for other things to take place there, you know college final four basketball games things of that nature i i don't know but it's meeting with a little bit of resistance because it's going to cost a huge sum of money you know and uh there was a a comedian here in the, in ohio by the name of mike polk jr who did a very funny video and i will post a link to the video about the uh the browns and the stadium there and i'm just writing his name down uh to make sure that I put this link in there. But uh, it was when the Browns were really, really struggling, which I guess could be pretty much any year they've been in the league since they've been back. Uh, but he went outside the stadium after a game and was and recorded a video, and he's done all kinds of fun videos. But um, this is where, if you're an NFL fan, you might have heard um, Brown Stadium referred to as a what they call a factory of sadness. And this was the gentleman who coined that phrase, you know, talking about how the... Uh, the stadium just tends to put fans in a bad mood because the, the the club has the team has been, for lack of better terminology, shitty, and they have. And I know the principal at my high school where I teach is a Pittsburgh Steelers fan is going to listen to this, and he is laughing his head off right now. But I'm going to take solace. He's also an Essendon supporter, so now all of us can take a moment and chuckle at him. So let's go ahead and jump into the tips for this week, okay? And then we're going to get into it with Mick. Um, so... We head to the Adelaide Oval for the first game of the round, and that's going to be, I believe, at 5.50 a.m. my time tomorrow morning, so later in the evening in uh, in uh, Adelaide. And we've got Port Adelaide hosting Melbourne. We've got Darcy Byrne-Jones and Scott Lysette in, uh, Brent Treacle, Brent Treacle, Brent Treacle, uh, Jackson Mead, Todd Marshall out. Marshall is injured again. I'm beginning to think that I have no shot at getting the uh, Coleman Award uh, correct this year because Marshall was my tip for that. Harrison Petty out injured. James Jordan is a sub. Tom Sparrow suspended for Melbourne. Christian Salem and Tom McDonald back in. Uh, no milestones for this game. Now, 
at Port Adelaide's going into this. No Dixon, no Marshall. That's an awful lot of your forward structure that that is going to be tough to replace and score goals with. Okay, I'm I'm sorry. You know, Port has you've you've turned things around. You've impressed the hell out of me this year, but you don't have those two key forwards in place. Um, I wonder how you're going to be able to score. Um, you know, Jeremy Finlayson has had a fine season, but Jeremy Finlayson does not ha- have the physicality. I don't believe that a Charlie Dixon has. He's not going to be fighting off you know, key defenders to take marks. Uh, Darcy Mer Jones might help out a little bit there, but I, I just really wonder if they're going to going to be able to have enough firepower to beat the D's because the D's, quite frankly, are humming. And if this is you know this is a club that I I I think right now we might be able to safely say that who knows we might we might and I know there's a lot of games yet to play, but yeah, are we already looking at you know? Our top three are the Magpies, the D's, and the Lions locked in. You know, Port might be as well, um, but I, I don't think Port's going to win this game, okay? I am going with the D's to win this one by a couple of goals. You know, they brought Scott Lysette back in uh, in, in place of Brent Teagle to, to face off against the Ruck Hydra of the D's. I just think the D's are, are across the board right now. They're pretty darn healthy. Um, this, is, this is a good club. Okay, and I, I just think that the, the, the D's get this done on the road. So I'm going with Melbourne to win this one. And then we head to Marvel Stadium, and we've got two beat-up clubs here, North Melbourne hosting Sydney. You know, Clarko is out. I wish him well. Like I said earlier, I, I hope that this situation gets resolved uh, to the satisfaction of everyone, that, that justice is served, if that's the term we want to, to go with. Um, George Wardlaw is debuting finally. Lockie McAndrew debuting for the Swans. Callum Mills out injured. Logan McDonald injured. Mark Sheather injured. Tom Hickey injured. That didn't last long. So Dylan Stevens is back in. Peter Laddams is back in for North Melbourne. And it sounded like uh, there was a little chair throwing going in after their performance against Port Adelaide. But uh, Aiden Core suspended. Cameron Zerhar injured. Curtis Taylor omitted. Darcy Tucker injured. Flynn Perez injured. Jack Mahoney injured. Luke Danavis Uniac injured. Yay, there goes my uh, fantasy team for this week. Aaron Hall back in. Callum Coleman-Jones back in. Eddie Ford, Wardlaw, I mentioned already. Tom Powell and Will Phillips back in. Now, Sydney's beat up. They've got some talent on that side, but they're beat up. You know, they're they're running out of you know key forwards. Yes, they've got the legendary, legendary Buddy Franklin, but he has struggled to score. Um... You know, Papley and Heaney can certainly get the job done in there as well. I, I just wonder if they're going to be able to get it done. And this, I, I jotted down in my notes here, I said, this is my hunch game. I put a I put some red and blue ping pong balls into a bag, and I pulled out five balls. And the first team to three balls is going to be my tip for the game. So the first one I pulled out was blue. The second and third one were red, and then the last two were blue. So, for that very reason, I am going with the Ruse in a home upset to beat Sydney by eight points. I just, for some reason, I just have a feeling that this club is going to rally around itself, despite the injuries, that some of these youngsters are just going to go out there and, and play a whale of a game against a club that's beat up, 
I'm probably wrong, but I'm just going to go with the Ruse in a home upset here. North Melbourne by eight points against Sydney. I think Sydney is, is really scuffling, and I don't know if they get it turned around this year. And then we head out to Mars Stadium. You got the Bulldogs hosting, 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 yes, the Adelaide Crows. Now, the Crows are a little bit beat up. Um, Alex Keith omitted, Lockie McNeil is a sub, Tim O'Brien in for the Bulldogs, Ben Keyes playing game 100, Ned McHenry is a sub, Riley Thilthorpe is injured, Taylor Walker being managed, and Tom Duday is out injured as well. Elliot Himmelberg, Lockie Gallant, and Nick Murray back in for the Crows. Now, I wonder, you know, and I think that, you know, Darcy Fogarty is going to have to have a big game, Rankin as well, um, Peddler's going to need to have a big game, but you know who's going to be that that big body taking you know taking marks inside fifty that uh, isn't named Taylor Walker this week. The Bulldogs have really begun to turn things around. I've been impressed by the way that they're playing, having you know climbed back up to a six and three mark, you know getting their their percentage back up over a hundred percent, which they desperately needed to do. Uh, it's still the lowest in the top eight, but they're a game clear on the two clubs behind them. So they've got that going for them as well. Now, I am going to go with the Bulldogs to win this one. I just think they're humming along nicely here. The Bulldogs are playing some good football. I think that they're going to cool off the Crows a little bit. You know, no due day, no uh, Taylor Walker, I think, you know, is going to is going to make the uh, this club struggle a little bit. So I am going to go with the Bulldogs to win this one. And then we head out to Optus for Fremantle hosting Geelong. And Neil Erasmus is being managed by Fremantle. Jai Clark is out injured. Now, I didn't see what that injury was, but uh, Mitch Duncan injured as well. Ollie Dempsey omitted. Oliver Henry, we've talked about him already. Brad Close back off of his suspension. Tyson Stengel back from his forearm fracture. And Jack Henry is going to debut for the year for the, for the Cats. Now, the Cats bring in their two small forwards. I think this had a lot to do with why they scuffled last week. They really, really struggled um, you know, the, the, the Tigers were able to, uh, to shut down the Cats quite a bit. Um, they really, really did a nice job on him. Nathan Broad did a great job on, uh, on Jeremy Cameron, basically shutting him down. It was, it was kind of a pick your poison thing. And Richmond basically said, let's go ahead and allow Tom Hawkins to have a game. And he did, he had a great game, but they pretty much shut out Jeremy Cameron for the entire game. And I got to tip my cap to Richmond for that. Okay. Um, that being said, getting Stengel and getting close back in, you know, and and you know, Grime Myers did a decent job moving up a little bit to help uh, to help push the uh, push the game there. Okay. I I am going to go. You know, my head says go with Fremantle because they're the home side. They've won two in a row, even though it was against. The Hawks and the banged-up Swans, they still won two in a row. They've got themselves going in the right direction. My head says go with the Dockers at home. My heart says go with the Cats. I have to go with my heart here, okay? I could be wrong on this one, but I am going with the Cats to win this one by 10. I just think having that forward pressure back up there again with Stengel and Close back in and getting Jack Henry back in the defensive side makes them stronger back there. I'm concerned about the Cats in the midfield, quite frankly. I just really am worried about what's going to happen there. Um, you know, Max Holmes is really going to have to step up. I think, you know, we might see, uh, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to see, you know, 
Hannah Bruin have to get in there and mix it up as well. I, I, I just hope the cats can do enough to, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to you know, seeing what Tom Hawk or Tom Hawkins, Tom Atkins does as well as the midfield. These guys are going to have to step up. Tom, Zach Tui, not a great game last week. Uh, but, you know, a miss, Jai miss has been pretty decent for um, Fremantle. But I am going to go with, with my club again, with my head rather, with my heart rather than my head in this situation here, okay? So, Cats by 10 against Fremantle. And then we head to the GABA for Brisbane holding Go Gold hosting Gold Coast. I'll try that in English using my own lips this time. The Lions have won six in a row. The Suns have played better recently. Uh, and if this was being played at the Gold Coast, I might be tempted to go with them. Uh, Keaton Coleman playing game 50. Noah Answorth is on as the sub uh, for the Lions. Ben Ainsworth in, Levi Casbolt in, Nick Holman in, Thomas Berry omitted, Bobby Archol omitted, uh, James Cetus is the sub, and Juego Way has been uh, omitted as well for the Suns. This might be the best clash of midfields that we're going to see all year. Okay? Because I, I think that we might be able to say here fairly soon that the, you know, and especially when Tuke Miller comes back into the side, um, so maybe I'm going to have to you know, temper my, my thought here, but I'm, I'm thinking Tuke Miller's in the side. He's not back yet. But I still think this is going to be one hell of a clash between the two midfields in this game here, okay? I am going with the Lions to win it, but by 13 points. I think the Suns are going to give them hell. I think the Suns are going to, are going to really push them, and this might this could be an upset, but I am going with the, with the uh, Lions to win at home. I just think that that home field advantage, that home ground advantage is just too much for them. And then we move on to the Dreamtime game, Essendon hosting Richmond. And let's just be honest, folks, Essendon is reeling. They've lost four in a row. Uh, Rich, is Richmond back? They've won two in a row. A lot of milestones going on in this game. Uh, Massimo D'Ambrosio is omitted. Will Setterfield injured. Jordan Ridley back in. Shea Bolton playing game 100. Nick Vlosten game 200. Jack Ross playing game 50. Ben Miller omitted. Jacob Hopper is injured. Judson Clark is the sub. Thomas Dow and Toby Nankervis are back in. Are the Tigers really getting ready to roar here? As much as it pains me to say it, I think they are. Okay? Yes, they are still looking up at most of the clubs on the ladder. They're sitting at 13 right now at 3-5-1. and one. You know, they're six points behind the eighth spot on the ladder, so they're not getting into the eight this week. Okay, that's not happening. They're not getting into the eight this week, but a couple wins in a row. They could be back in the eight next week if the Crows or the Cats lose two in a row. Certainly could happen. And the Tigers win two in a row. The Tigers could find themselves right back in the eight again. And I know Tiger supporters, you're thinking that's exactly what's going to happen, and the rest of the, the rest of the league is going, the rest of the supporters are going, God, we hope not, because if the Tigers get in there, you never know what's going to happen with them, especially if they start getting healthy, and they're starting to get healthy now, okay? Yes, they're still missing Tom Lynch, but uh, this, is, this is still a pretty darn good club, okay? They took it to the Cats last week, okay? They, they handled the Cats. They did a great job against them. You know, I, I'm, yes, the Cats were missing a ton of players that played in the grand final last year, but injuries happened to everybody. I know I had that discussion. I... I didn't, you know, people like people gave me grief, and it was not a situation where I was saying, "Oh, they didn't win because of this." I'm just saying, 
they were missing these players. You can draw whatever conclusion you want to with that. Okay, so I am going to go with the Tigers to win this one rather handily. I've got the Tigers winning this one by 19 points. I just think that they are too good of a side right now. SNN has begun to reel a little bit, and, and I don't think that this is going to be the weekend that they recover. Okay, I'm really looking forward to seeing everything that goes on with this game, uh, with the Sir Douglas Nichols round. Um, but I just, I just think that the Tigers get this one done. And then we head off to the University of Tasmania for Hawthorne hosting West Coast. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it, and this is me looking at it from afar, but uh, I'm not getting into the political aspect of this. I'm not saying who's right or who's wrong, but here's what happens. If you protest about wanting to have a new stadium built, you get rewarded by getting the numbers 17 and 18 clubs on the ladder to come play in your state. There, take that. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just, and again, I, yes, we knew Hawthorne was rebuilding. We, we unfortunately knew that, that West Coast was beat up and was likely to be really rebuilding as well. But I, I guess we have to ask the question, who blinks first in the Harley Reed sweepstakes? If, if you lose, I mean win, you might find yourself out of the running. And again, I'm not advocating tanking. I'm not, you know, that happens... Um, in uh, the NBA, it happened, you know, that sometimes will happen where clubs are trying to get the, uh, you know, that first pick to make sure, because there may be some sort of a uh, transcending type player that's available at pick number one. Now, I won't say it's Michael Jordan because he actually got picked number three when he came into the league uh, back in the 1980s. But, uh, you know, again, if you win this game, you're likely to find yourself out of the running for Harley Reid. Now, we got lots of ins, Okay. Uh, Jack Darling is out injured, but Campbell Chesser, Noah Long, Rhett Bazo, Nate True, excuse me, Zane True are in for the Eagles. And again, they are on the extended bench. Uh, Chad Wingard injured, CJ Jath also injured, Connor McDonald, Fergus Green, Jack Scrimshaw, Ned Reeves, and Tyler Brockman also in for Hawthorne. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game because it's going to be a good measuring stick for both clubs. Okay. And. Uh, it's a hard one to tip. So I'm going to do something I've never done before when I've been when I've been tipping games. Okay, I'm tipping this one to end with the scores level with both clubs scoring 67 points. There. We're going to continue to push the Harley Reed sweepstakes further back yet another week. So 67 apiece, Hawthorne and West Coast. Then we move on to Carlton hosting Collingwood. At the MCG, the Blues have dropped two in a row. The Pies have won five in a row. Their ruck stocks are getting healthier with Darcy Cameron back, as does Colli or Carlton with Tom DeConing returning. Now, the Blues, quite frankly, they need this game to help stabilize their season because otherwise they're liable to find themselves appearing in a, uh, in a remade Tom Petty, video, Tom Petty music video in Free Fallen because they are scuffling, Okay. This side has far too much talent to be playing as poorly as it's been playing. I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm not a Blues supporter, okay? I'm still holding just the, the tiniest of grudges uh, against the Blues for having made the hire of Michael Voss when they did. They couldn't have waited a couple more days, and I would have, you know, found myself on the uh, the uh, Sporting uh, Capital show um, 
but I got bumped because they hired Voss that day right before the grand final. You know, the Pies have become a bit of a juggernaut. You know, this is a club that I did not tip to play finals, and, and I'm, I'm, I'll, take, I'll take these slings and arrows for that, okay? I was wrong. Now, sure, they could fall off the face of the earth and lose every game the rest of the season, but let's, between you and me, is that happening? No, that ain't happening. This club is just too darn good. Okay, Craig McRae has got this club just absolutely humming along. Um, while I think the Blues are going to make it competitive and they're going to play better, I think they're going to fall just a little further down the ladder here. I've got I've got the Magpies, and I don't know how big a claw, big, big of uh, claws the that that the Magpie bird in real life happens to have on on their feet. I've never guessed looked at Magpie feet before, but uh, I think they dig their claws into the number one spot on the ladder just a little bit more tightly here. I'm going with Collingwood to take this one by 15 points. And then we get to the last game of the round. We've got GWS hosting St. Kilda at Giant Stadium. Uh, Josh Fahey, I don't think I mentioned the ins and outs in the, uh, I did not mention the ins and outs for uh, Carlton and Collingwood. I sort of, I alluded to it. Mark Pitnett's playing game 50 for Carlton. Jordan Boyd, Tom DeConing, Zach Fisher are in for the Blues. Harvey Harrison debuting for Collingwood. I think he's on the uh, extended bench right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, Darcy Cameron, Finley McRae back in. Uh, so now let's go ahead and jump into GWS and St. Kilda. The Giants have dropped two in a row. Now, let's be honest, both of those games were without Toby Green, their captain, playing. He's back, but so is Max King for the Saints. Josh Fahey's debuting for the Giants. Callum Brown's omitted. Jake Riccardi, Kieran Briggs, and Toby Green, as I mentioned, are in. Tim Rembry's out injured. Uh, Jade, Jade Gresham, Jimmy Webster, Max King, and Tom Campbell in for St. Kilda. Uh, Jack Steele is listed on the interchange right now for St. Kilda because uh, he left uh, the game this past week with a little bit of a niggle. Um, I This, I think, is going to be a much closer game than a lot of people think. Uh, the Saints need this one to kind of stay in the hunt for the top four. I don't think you're going to be able to jump into the top four. Uh, Although, you know, if they were to win and Port Adelaide lose, they would probably jump into the top four, into the four spot. Um, but I am going to go with St. Kilda to take this one by 14. I just think that they are currently right now a, a better side than the Giants. And while the Giants are scuffling on the ladder a little bit, you know, they're down there, you know, at three wins and six losses. They have played some competitive football. Okay, they have played some competitive football. And I've been pleased with, with what they have done. So... Um, Giants fans, uh, and I know you're out there, keep the faith. I think this club is going to be improving, uh, but I just think the Saints are going to get it done this week, okay? I think the Saints are going to get it done. So let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Mick Aussie. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with my mate Mick Aussie from MickAussie.tv. Mick, how are you doing today on this wonderful Thursday? Yeah, good, mate. Glad to be out and about in the sun, and I had a chat to a uh, Tasmanian that I'd like to talk about at some sure. stage. Yeah, because, t you know, for those of you who may not have heard, and I don't know where you've been, but, uh, you know, Tasmania has now, you know, entered kind of a little bit of a battle about the new stadium. Yes, well, I used to play with one of the greatest Tasmanian footballers that has ever played in South Australia. I played with him at Woodville. He's an absolute legend. Then he went on to play for the Adelaide Crows. His name's Johnny Klug. 
chatted to him. He's back living in Tasmania with his family. He's probably been living back there the past for oh, probably 30 years, 25 years. And I asked him about the new stadium and the new team and he basically says that Tasmania, they need to unite because they have 29 different councils down there. And uh-huh. he basically, he referenced that, you know, Geelong has one council and they had to pretty much revamp slash build a new stadium to keep their team there. He used the example of West Lakes in South Australia being a mistake because it was so far out of the CBD and how they had to revamp Adelaide Oval. Same with VFL Park, Waverley, that was a mistake. So he's pretty confident that the Tasmanian have, you know, they, they need the new stadium. He did say he's not too worried because he loves going to Melbourne to watch games. <laughs> but he also mentioned that a new stadium would be fantastic because he might get to see Bruce Springsteen. So it was great to chat to Johnny Klug. And I said, anything you say, mate, I would like to talk about on the Yank on the Footies podcast. Oh, that's great, I know yeah. the Yank on the Footy would get a kick out of it. He's Absolutely. an absolute legend, legend guy, legend guy, legend player. Well, I'm just doing a little bit of uh, math here. Right, now. I mean, Bruce Springsteen is 73 years old right now. So, if the new stadium gets uh, gets built and they start the, they you know they start the uh, the 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 club in 2028, he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be 78 years old at that point in time. You know, he may be he may be too old to tour. But I'll be damned if he's not going to be too old to run for president of the United States. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he obviously used Springsteen as an example, but that's right. They, you get a stadium, you get the big acts down there. Oh, but, yeah. You know, Tasmania's not that big, so it's big commitment. Oh, hasn't it all gone a bit south since two weeks ago when Gil was down there all proud? So they'll sort well, it out, I hope. Well, that's what I, that's what I mentioned, you know, I – I, when I when I shared my tips for the round, as I said, you know that the, all the 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 grousing and the and the whinging from both sides was coming about because of the new stadium issue, and the AFL said, "Screw it! You want to piss and moan about the stadium? We'll send you Hawthorne and West Coast this week." <laughs> <laughs> what a game! That's just that's going to be one of the worst games of AFL ever. Those people playing in those teams shouldn't even be in the AFL. Yeah. Which do, well, that doesn't bode well for for Tasmania then. If we're, if the, you know if people are saying there's enough talent for you know another 19th club, then so yeah, let's Ugh. let's go ahead and jump into the game for this round. Uh, we're we're heading to your old stomping ground though, the Adelaide Oval with Port Adelaide hosting Melbourne. And I don't I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the ins and outs, but uh, Port Adelaide's going to be without Charlie Dixon and without Todd Marshall. So I don't know how they're going to score. Yeah, you're right. I've actually I've changed a couple of my picks throughout the week, and initially I did go with Port Adelaide, but because of those two out, you're dead right. They they're gonna need their smaller guys kicking goals. Just listen to Maxie Gorn on uh, Triple M in Adelaide. Too. He's a character. He's looking forward to playing at the Great Adelaide Oval in front of that hostile, crazy crowd. I'm gonna go with the Demons. Another reason is. Port Adelaide, they haven't, well, maybe this year, but they've let me down over the last couple of years against the very, very good teams. Could go either way, but I'm going to go with the Demons to win. Yeah, I went with the Ds as well on this one, you know, so by a couple of goals. I, I just think that right now they're too talented to decide, and, and I think they're going to lock themselves into a top four spot here really, really soon. So we head to Marvel, and, uh, you know, I – 
we're not going to dive into it. I just I hope that that things work out the way they're supposed to be with regards to Alistair Clarkson, with regards to Hawthorne. I just hope things work out the way they're supposed to work out without digging too much further into that. But North Melbourne is hosting Sydney. And uh, while you talk about a couple of beat up clubs. Me, me. This, this is another train wreck of a game. I mean, I know you love the AFL, and I don't want to diss it, but this is going to be a terrible game. Ben Ratton, he's he's obviously coaching now, and yeah, I've been listening all about the Clarkson saga, but it's a total mess all round from whoever set up the committee. The whole thing's a mess. Uh, Swans were favoured by thirty-seven. Oh, they'll probably win, but I don't know if they'll cover that much. But, yeah, Logan McDonald, they're going to miss him for eight weeks with an ankle. And, obviously, Buddy Franklin's not going too well. So, hopefully, right, right. hopefully he comes good. Swans to win in an average game of football. And I'll tell you what, I went with North Melbourne to win this one in a home upset. Whoa, baby. <laughs> I thought, you know what? They got all these young kids coming in who don't know any better. You know, I heard Clark go through a chair after the port game last week that maybe, maybe they rally around themselves is kind of where I went with this. So I went with, I went with North just cause I'm not sure, you know, Sydney is just so banged up as well. And maybe they just don't know any better that they're not supposed to win this one. Who knows? So we head to Mars Stadium in Ballarat, if I'm not mistaken, and you got the Bulldogs hosting Adelaide, and your Crows are going to be without Riley Thilthorpe and without Taylor Walker, along with Tom Duday. Oh, wow. Well, we drove through the outskirts of Ballarat on the drive back from Melbourne to Adelaide six or so weeks ago. It's a cold place. It's an old gold mining town. Oh, no, it's Mars. That's right. They're playing on Mars. Yep. You know what? I've changed my pick. I've gone back and forward. I initially picked the Crows. Then this morning, I'm thinking, oh, Tex Walker, he controls that forward line. The boys get up for him. But I'm going to have to go for an upset just because I'm keeping the faith in the Crows. They won by one point there last year against the Dogs. Bond and Valley's on fire, but if the Crows can get the ball first, mm-hmm. they can win because they are absolutely playing fantastic. I'll they go are. for the upset. Bulldogs are favoured by about six points, but, yeah, it should be one of the games of the round, and it comes on at 10 past 10 on Friday night for me. So that wow. is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I went with the Bulldogs on this one. Uh, the Tex Walker thing, again, was my you – know, was my – kind of decision making point for me there that I wasn't going to go with. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just, I wasn't sure if they, who was going to, who was going to be the, the key forward that game for them. So yeah, you're right. You could be right. Then we head out to Optus. We've got uh Fremantle hosting the cats and the cats, you know, Fremantle's won a couple in a row. The cats, you know, got thumped a little bit by uh, Richmond last week. Uh, you know, yeah, they were missing a lot of folks, and and Richmond definitely took advantage of it. You know, Nathan Broad played a, a fantastic game on Jeremy Cameron. Oh, the, the the famous photographer Nathan Broad. People have yeah. been following the AFL who understand what that means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no comment. No, I'm not. No comment. Yes, I'm. I'm. Gl- I'm glad you kept us abreast of that, though. All right. Well, people can Google that one if they don't know that funny. Wow, it wasn't really funny. It was. It was funny, but it wasn't funny. There you go. Well, your dockers, eh? They um. They beat the Swans, didn't they? Well, 17 points. That mucked up my money line multis. 
So, yeah, I. What are you thinking on this, though? Because this, this is to me, this was a tough game to call here. Yeah, look, um, I'm going to stick with your cats. A couple of boys I listened to today, they've they've gone with the Dockers, but I'm going to stick with your cats because I don't still think the Dockers are that good. They're coming good. Some of their on bowlers are starting to play better, and it was a good win in Sydney. Cats are favoured by about eight. I'll keep the faith, but you're right. It might be close over there in Perth. Yeah, I I think the uh, I think that the, I went with the cats. I, it was like a head and heart thing with me there, and I went with my I went with my heart rather than my head. You know, my head was telling me Fremantle should win at home. They're playing pretty well right now. Um, you know, their midfield will probably hold up well against uh, the cats, who are beat up a little bit in there. Mitch Duncan's going to be out, but. I, I don't know bringing Stengel and Close back in, Jack Henry back in. I just think that they're gonna they're gonna get find a way to get it done out there. Nice Stengeling, so, that's good. Yeah. So we head up to the Gabba for Brisbane and Gold Coast, and and uh, I think this is an intriguing matchup, and I think it would be even more intriguing if Tuke Miller was back healthy. Yeah, they need a new name, the Q Clash, meaning the Queensland clash the banana benders we call them up there because they grow a lot of bananas in queensland i'm, I'm glad Some, you, i'm uh, glad you explained that because i wasn't sure where you were going with that <laughs> yeah gotta be, gotta be careful with that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the lines are favored by about 26 oh they're so good at home they hardly ever lose sons they beat up on the eagles by 70 points how bad are the eagles oh my god Lions to win, and Danaher, Danaher's in form, isn't he? Eh? Mm-hmm. Charlie Cameron, oh, they'll win, but the Suns might get it, keep it close for a couple of quarters. Lions to keep going along very, very nicely. Yes, they are. Yeah, I went with the Lions on this one by about two goals as well. I just think at home right now, they, you know, they've won six in a row. Gold Coast is starting to come into their own a little bit, but I just don't think that this is the club that they're going to be able to exert that, uh, you know, getting themselves across the line and, and have the success they were hoping to have this week. So I went with, I went with the lions on this one as well. I just think the lions are a, a better side right now. And then we head to the Dreamtime game at the MCG with Essendon and Richmond. And you talk about two ships passing one another in the night. My goodness. Yeah. yeah look, the Dreamtime game, it really is great what they do there for the indigenous community and, uh, Kevin Sheedy, the legend started this one again, another great initiative by the great Bombers former coach. I've swapped my pick on this one as well. Initially I had the Bombers, but then I realized they've lost four in a row and they've lost something like the last 13 against the Tigers going back to 2014. That's crazy. Uh, Tigers favoured by about eight. Nice win against your cats, obviously, and the tattooed man on fire. And the famous photographer, Nathan Broad, he's the best player. They reckon he might head back to Perth, but, mate, not sure on that. Yeah, I'm going to take the Tigers, but I hope I am wrong. Well, I just – I think, you know, if, if – I think that there are, you know – all the clubs that are sitting at 12 or higher on the ladder right now, maybe not the top three or four sides, but if you're five through 11 right now, you're looking over your shoulder because if Richmond gets healthy again, this is a club. This is a club that even though two weeks ago, they were sitting what 16th on the ladder. This is a club that has the, the talent pool that if it's healthy, that they could win the premiership. This, this club could win the whole damn thing. 
coming from that far back because it's it's that talented a club. It's that good of a veteran side. It's whether or not they get everybody back and everybody rowing in the same direction. I went with the Tigers as well. I just I think they're better than Essendon right now. Um, and you know, Nankervis is back in. You know, they're going to miss Jacob Hopper though. But uh, yeah. And then we head to the game of the round: Hawthorne <laughs> hosting West Coast. What are you saying on this one? And you have to answer. You, you can't just say pass. You have to answer. I'm saying there's probably a couple hundred footballers around Australia outside of the AFL that would be better than the players on the field for this game. Whereas okay. Launceston, Utah, I believe, with Launceston, Hawks are favoured by 23. Oh, that club, you know what? I think they might lose some draft picks over this mess with yeah. the uh, – what's going on right now. And Eagles, right, right. They're, they're just an absolute mess with so many injuries. Darling's out now. He broke his arm. So I'll tip the Hawks, but I won't be watching. I know that. Well, I mean, I, I'll probably watch because I'm, you know, because I, I want to watch footy, but I, I did something that I have never done before. And I don't know if, I don't know if I've ever heard you do this either. Because, you know, this is, this is basically, you know, the, the, the beginning of the Harley Reed sweepstakes here. I have this game finishing level. Both both clubs finishing with 67 points. Wow. I have neither club winning it. Each of them are getting two points and saying, no, 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 no. We're still in the running for Harley Reid. Yeah, see, that that really disgusts me that Australia and the AFL now has taken on a bit of an Americanism there where, you know, you're looking forward to the draft picks next year. They got to bring in a lottery system where you get certain amount of lottery balls if you, you know. Otherwise, yeah. it's pretty obvious. It's pretty obvious. Hawthorne, North Melbourne, and the Eagles—they're all disgraceful. It's, it's, it, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen. Maybe since back to the VFL days where Fitzroy and Footscray were pretty bad, but we got three really, really bad teams. Haven't yeah, we? yeah, it's it. You know, and I, that's something we need to get into sometime down the road about, you know, whether or not they do something like the NBA draft lottery or that type of thing where they, you know, they do the, you know, they do the, I, and the, the ping pong ball situation, which, yep. you know, I, I wish they would, rec- you know, they would record that and then show the process after they've done it. Not, not doing the ping pong ball thing live because, you know, it would take away from the drama of, you know, whether or not the uh, the 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 envelope had the corner crease, so the Knicks were sure to get uh, to get Patrick Ewing. Uh, that's that's the rumor from back about twenty five years ago is that they they folded the corner of one of the envelopes that uh, had the New York Knicks card inside of it, so that person could you know the person pulling the cards out could uh, reach down there and find the card the card with the Knicks corner creased on it, so they could pull it out for the Knicks to get the number one pick and get Patrick Ewing. Oh, mate, I'm not normally a conspiracy theorist, but I am now in regards to things like this because there's so much money involved, and especially guys like Gary Bettman, he would love to get a star player in a in a market that he wants. I can't prove it, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if a little bit of it goes on. So, you know, I'm I'm kind of naive when it comes to hockey. What would that market be? Are we talking a Toronto or are we talking like a New York or an L.A.? Oh yeah, they this Gary Bettman, Count Bettman, I call him. He's totally against Canada. He just loves putting hockey teams down the south of US where it's hot and people don't care about it. So yeah, obviously LA's a big market. 
Phoenix is a mess. They've been bleeding millions, like $20 million in hockey for so long. I, I don't like Gary Bettman. I don't like what he does. So, yeah, you get me upset when we start talking hockey. Well, that's and okay. Gary I, I, because when you when you get upset, it's usually worth recording and listening back to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And if and if and if nothing else, it's also something I can send along to Gabe, and Gabe can go. Yeah, we'll talk about that on Friday. Oh, uh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're we're moving on to Car- Carlton hosting Collingwood. Uh, I think this is the second game at the MCG this weekend. The Blues have lost a couple in a row. The Pies have won five in a row. Both clubs are refilling their their ruck stocks with DeConig coming back as well as Darcy Cameron coming back as well. What are you thinking on this one? Oh, I'm thinking that Mackay. He needs to get his head right. What's he kicked? He's kicked 12 goals, 11 behinds, nine out on the full, plus other muck-ups. And he's kicking around the corner this, you know, way they're running sideways from straight in front. He needs a coach. He needs a psychologist coach. And he needs a good goal kicker to sort him out because he, he's costing the Blues games. It's disgraceful what he's doing. Terrible, terrible. Blues are a mess, aren't they? Yeah. I think Collingwood might absolutely destroy them. They're 18-point favourite. And what about our mate, Big Mason Cox? His 99th game, I believe, will be this weekend. For him to make 100 games next week, absolutely fantastic. Best player last week, best on ground, got 10 umpires votes. So proud of the big American. Make pies to win and win well, I think. Yep, I went by like two and a half goals because, you know, I don't usually go much over 20 points when I tip anybody. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is going to be a, a – I think Collingwood is in the process of just running away and hiding at the top of the ladder and everybody's playing for a second spot on the ladder at this point in time. And then we get to the last game of the round and we've got St. Kilda heading up to Sydney to face GWS. What are you thinking on this one? Max yeah, King is Max yeah, King is back. Yes, actually, I was about to say that. I know you're a big fan of the King boys. So as long as I can uh, figure out which one is which, because I every every time I think I've got it right, I always say the wrong damn name. So yes, <laughs> yeah, they they do look similar, and they definitely have got huge potential, both of them. And what about the Crows? They eh? didn't they destroy the Saints in their best game in years? Yes, they or did. Or maybe Ross Lyons and his defensive tactics is coming undone. Oh, and the two greens confuse me. Tom and Toby, I never know who's best when I look at the best players in that. I think the Saints will win, but it's that giant stadium out there in Western Sydney. Oh, tough one to pick. I think Saints will recover from that loss, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants win either. No, I, I went with the, Saint, uh, the Saints by 14, but uh, this is a game I think that, you know, that would, you know, be one that the Giants can win. Toby Green's back. He's missed the last two games. They've lost the last two. You know, he's a huge end for them, you know, and, and quite frankly, Tom Green has been a life. Even though my, my fantasy team has only won twice this year, we've, I've won two in a row, but he has, he has been kind of the, the, the glue that has held my team together because I've had so many injuries on my team this year. He's been the only person that's been consistent except for the week he was suspended. So yeah, I went, I went with the saints on this one as well. Yeah, he's a beauty, isn't he, Toby Green? Yeah. And someone was even trying to say that the Sydney Swans should try and get him if Buddy retires because the Swans need that star. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dusty Martin heads up to Sydney next year. I really wouldn't. 
is he's not is he from that area no but he has he had some friends up there when he was okay. injured last year they said he liked going to sydney and he's near his end of his career and the swans need that star yeah. for that market so yeah well this gets back to the, the you know the whole kind of in the limelight sort of thing that that i know we've talked about before you know where you know buddy franklin <laughs> excuse me buddy is a legend of course but Buddy has a little bit more anonymity in Sydney than he would have in Melbourne. Do you think? Do you think Dusty would would find that appealing? You know, to be able to just you know kind of live his life with you know, and I think he does that anyway and stays out of the limelight because you never hear a whole lot about Dusty out in public. Okay. No, he's a, he's a very interesting guy, isn't he? Obviously, most people know the history of his dad, how his his dad got kicked out of Australia, and Dusty's obviously very quiet and yeah. I don't know much about him, but hell, he's a fantastic player. I'm not a fan of massive tattoos, small tattoos. I'm okay with. I'm not. I don't like it. That's my own personal opinion. Uh, but he is an absolutely gun player and one of the best players to watch ever. Really. Oh, I think so. I think you could say that about you know as far as athletes in any sport. He's 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 you know one of those guys that when he's healthy and he's uh, he's on. He's must see TV. You know, you you want to see what Dusty is doing. It's it's kind of like, you know, I think the person that may be coming into his own to you know kind of follow up with that. You know, is a uh, is a Charlie Cameron or maybe a Jeremy Cameron uh, that you know that you just don't know what they're going to do. Like, like like Eddie Betts was. You don't know what they're going to yeah. do when they get their hands on the ball, but you better be watching. Yeah, well, you, you got Dusty. I mean, you look at his. I mean, he's lost a bit of weight now, but he's, he's pure strength and he, what they call his core. So you look at the strength in his hips and his mm-hmm. upper legs, a bit right, like right. Tristan Petrarca and the old Gary Ablett. Like, Dusty just seems like a naturally very, very strong farmer-type guy that yeah. incredible strength, and that's what's one of these biggest factors where he's hard to push off the ball and he just goes, you know? Yep, yep. It's uh, there are a couple clunkers this week, as you said, but there's some pretty good matchup. I think you know Adelaide and the Bulldogs, the Cats and Fremantle. Um, I think the Essen and the Tigers could be a great matchup as well. Um, Carlton Collingwood, I think, could be one. You know, Brisbane and Gold Coast. There's some great games this week that have some really good intrigue, but then there are some clunkers as well. And I'm probably missing, probably missing one. Well, Port and Melbourne, you know, especially if you know they had you know a couple more talls in there and i worry you know they took teak a lot and brought lie set in to handle or to go up i shouldn't say handle to go up against uh uh gone and grundy there so you know scott Lysette is gonna definitely be tired at the end of the game on friday night yeah i saw port adelaide playing a practice game about five years four or five years ago in uh alberton mm-hmm. he is a massive man that scott Lysette. Yeah. Incredible build, but yeah, he has been out of form. So, you know, Port Adelaide, if they want to have premiership chances, they need him playing well. And you know, since he since he shaved, I mean, he looked like he looked like one of those uh, actors that would play the cowboy in the westerns that when when he rode into town when he still had that big bushy mustache that we rode into town that every storefront would lock the doors shut because they were afraid <laughs> of this guy riding into town he he just looked like a, that badass cowboy that you'd see in the, like the big oil oil stand or oil slicked uh jacket and such riding on horseback coming in just going don't mess with me 
<laughs> and he's up against Maxi Gore. Yeah. He looks like out of Vikings TV. Show exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Great point. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, Mick, where can people find your work? And I know there are new places now where people can find your work. So, tell us all about it, man. Yeah. Very busy. Had a um, another great week doing the episode two of Edmonton Cricket TV. Went out and filmed the cricket on Saturday. Got the ad up, up last night, so very happy and very proud of that show. So if you're new to cricket or like cricket, you might enjoy the interviews with the the uh, guys from India and some Aussie lads and a guy from Pakistan. So very multi-cultured sport and a massive sport in India, as we know. Mm-hmm. So that's Edmonton Cricket TV. And then tomorrow night, as normal, on Sports Grid TV out of New York with Gabe Renzi, we'll be going to through the AFL picks and well, whatever and let me, else let, is hot. Let me, let me stop you there. I know you're also going to be talking about Gary Bettman. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what? No, no, I try and raise Gabe up, so I don't want to, I don't want him to get me upset. <laughs> so what have you got going on with the Elks? I went and watched their practice last Sunday, sat with the lads and we kind of, few of the great fans we kind of talked about our plans this year and the tailgate starting to get bigger and they need to win because they haven't won a home game in quite a while and they lost some money and they were, were once a fantastic great franchise that had a lot of money but mm-hmm. for they need to win and they play monday in calgary then the first home game here is june 11 against the watermelon heads from Regina. The fans wear watermelons on their head because they're green and white. So, looking forward to that. And what is, what is it? it? That's not – is that the Rough Riders? Yeah, it's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Okay. Yeah, over the years, the fans, they dig out the watermelon and stick it on their head. It's fantastic. And I, I actually did that last year myself in one of the Elk shows. And I, I saw that. On Commonwealth Field, I put on a helmet, a watermelon, and they smashed it on the field. So that was a lot of fun. So do they do they actually use the inside of the watermelon? Do they snack on that? Do they mix it in with uh, some, oh, I don't know, some sort of like uh, a grain-based beverage to enjoy that pregame? I'm sure they do, and that was when I actually filmed it when I was making the watermelon. And it's true, like there's so much water in the bottom of the watermelon as I dug out the actual yeah. fruit part. But yeah, I like watermelon; it's all good. Good deal, good deal. Well, Mick, hey man, I'm looking forward to this week. You know the you know they're paying you know paying tribute to the the legendary great man uh, Sir Douglas Nichols this week and next with the. Uh, indigenous rounds and i i'm still hoping to get that interview lined up that uh i've not heard back from his great granddaughter yet but uh i'm hoping to get it lined up um i know she's busy because she's running for political office herself right now as well so that one may actually come after this is done but i'm st- i'm going to still keep working on that one but i hope yeah, you I listen I, I talked about him t- this week and he played VFL and he was a governor yep. in South Australia, I believe. Yes, he was. And yes, he was. Apparently, he's a very small man. He's only like five foot four or something. Mm-hmm. So, but the things you hear about him, um, very impressive. And yeah, yeah. great, yeah. Uh, great idea and great round of footy. Yeah, from what I from what I have read about him, uh, he seems to be, and I would love to get this confirmed by his grandson and then great grandchildren as well. But uh, seems to be. Australia's version of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
is what he sounds right. a lot like to me. So, I mean, I just, I find that I, I find his journey fascinating. So I've, I've been reading up on him a little bit as well. And, and, you know, I may, I may put something together on my own, although this next week, it might be getting very busy for me because I may be making a pretty significant road trip uh, next week, but Hey, Mick, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, and uh, what is your bit of advice this week for the young athletes out there before we go? Oh, if you start to miss goals, just get out and practice, practice on your own. Just kick, 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 get your head right, be confident, and don't be like Harry Mackay because he is really letting the team down. And, yep, six points or one, you're a hero or you're a clown. So, yeah, practice, practice, practice goals. Just kick them, and it's great kicking goals. As a player, it's one of the highlights of, playing football is to kick a few goals in the game so yeah practice guys well you're either you're either the hero or the clown or you're kicking it out on the full uh <laughs> which has been happening a little bit well mick hey man i hope you have a fantastic weekend and uh looking forward to checking out your latest episode uh with the cricket and uh the best to you and your girlfriend and your friends and family and i'll talk to you very soon man Cheers. Yeah, thanks, man. And yeah, there could be some upsets this week, so be careful. But yeah, have a well, great weekend, well, mate. There is going to be one one draw, though. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mick. Thanks for uh, coming on again, man. I love chatting with you. I know we we hadn't talked a whole lot, you know, since last Thursday. It's been a busy, hectic week for me as the school year is winding down. Now, ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Reach out to them. Go out and have a coffee or bring a coffee over, you know, uh, a, a bagel. I don't know what other, do they call donuts donuts in Australia? Um, I've not had a donut in a while. I actually had a student bring ice cream into my classroom the other day, and that was, hadn't seen ice cream in a while. I've been avoiding that for almost two years now, and it's worked out pretty well. But again, look out for one another. Tell your friends you love them. Check in on them. Make sure they're okay. Let them know you're okay. Remember, folks, you can find everything related to my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. I hope you'll get over there and get on the mailing list. If you like the podcast, if you love the podcast, I hope you leave a review as well. Tell your friends about it. If you want to help keep the podcast up and running, you can certainly uh, click on the Buy Me a Coffee button and help out the show that way or click on the store page up there at the top. Go to my Redbubble page. I've got a couple new designs that I'm working on that will be out very soon. Uh, I'm looking forward to bringing you those. One of them I know I'm going to be prominently displaying uh, on the back window of my van uh, as soon as it uh, is available to be printed out. Uh, feel free to drop me a note over there. You know, If you think you'd be a, a great guest, if you've got an idea for a great guest, I'm always looking for, for fascinating people to talk to. Uh, I, I love doing the interview aspect of things related to to footy, um, you know, I, I I love doing the tips and that sort of thing, but I'm I'm not going to be so bold as to think I'm going to replace, you know, people who've been analyzing this game for 25, 30, 40 years. I, I they're experts. I'm a novice. I love the game. I love giving you my viewpoint on it. But again, my tips are are perfectly for entertainment purposes here. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Okay. But, folks, if you want to reach me, again, you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter, yankonthefooty.gmail.com. You can also reach me at the website, yankonthefooty.com. You can find me on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. Just look for a Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook, a Yank on the Footy on Instagram, or at yank underscore on, as I mentioned, on Twitter. Ladies and gents, thanks for the kind words and the continued support. 
And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 262 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening, and please consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And until next time, goodbye.